the Walking Free Podcast. I'm going to be your host for this episode, Ross Knight, and I'm here with a friend and colleague of mine, Ryan Hodgins. Ryan is the youth and young adult pastor at Charlotte Sharon Church, um, and he's going to be talking about something that is very important to both of us, but has been something that he's been harping on for quite a while now, and I want to give him a platform to be able to share a little bit. And that is about daily devotions. Now, Ryan, most of our listeners are typically young adults, and I imagine that many of them struggle with uh, keeping up with daily devotions, something that I can relate to in my own life as well. And why do you think it is a... Well, first off, uh, can you kind of define what good and healthy uh, daily devotions look like? And can you tell me... Uh, why do you think it's so hard for not just young adults or youth, everyone really, uh, why we have struggles in keeping up with daily devotions? Well, uh, let's start with kind of your first question. Um, why, why do young adults struggle or youth or anyone struggle with, with having daily devotions or, or being regular with them? Or ha- what is, what does what a good devotional life even look like, you said? And, uh, the reality is is that a good devotional life looks like when you're walking with God and you are excited about having a walk with Him, when you're excited about connecting with Him. You know that your devotional life is good when it becomes a priority for you over other things. Um, it Sometimes people say, oh, it's a time or it's a place or it's a certain amount of time. But really what a healthy devotional life looks like is when you are spending time with God and it's changing your life. It's impacting your life. It's making uh, a difference in your life. That's what a healthy devotional life looks like. Now, regards to the other question, uh, why is it so hard? Often it's, it's hard because we are way too busy. We struggle so much with busyness in our lives, especially in today's society, that when we have two moments to stop, we just want to crash. We don't want to do anything. We don't want to pick up our phone. Well, maybe we want to pick up our phone, but we don't want to pick up uh, the Bible and read it because we're just exhausted. We don't want to think. We don't want to do anything. I think that's part of the devil's plan is he really wants to keep us from having a healthy devotional life by making us super busy so we don't even have time to connect with God. Um, a lot of people we have, you know, whether it's school or work or family. We have things coming at us from all different angles. Um, I, I One day I, I evaluated my day, kind of what it looked like, you know, and, and it was this day was a particular, was a Sunday, and I remember my plan was to get the yard mode, and I woke up, you know, got breakfast, showered, hung out with the kids a little bit, whatever, and then I looked outside, and, you know, the sun was shining, it was a nice day, and I looked out, and I go, I don't want to mow the yard right now. I'll do it later. So I did some other stuff, read a little bit, um, watched some TV, probably scrolled through Facebook or Instagram for a while. And then, um, you know, next thing I knew it was time for lunch. And then I, after lunch, I look outside and I go, I don't want to mow my yard right now. And what do I, what happens? Three days later, you go, I still haven't mowed the lawn. And that's kind of what happens with our devotional life. We, prioritize everything else over it. Um, And part of our problem is we often are just 
um, we're just having our, our walk with God too low on our priorities list and we need to rearrange it. We need to, to make a conscious effort to put God first. The reality is, is you do what you want to do. If someone says, hey, let's go to Carowinds and you really want to go to Carowinds, it doesn't matter what's in your schedule, you're going to make it happen. And that's kind of where we fall short with our devotions. Definitely. And, you know, you bring up something about priorities and you do the things that you look forward to. But I talk to people and they tell me, you know, well, I've tried. Sometimes I'll sit and I'll, you know, pull out this devotional book or I'll pull out the Bible. And within just a couple minutes, I'm, I am thinking about something else or I'm, you know, whatever else is down on the checklist, that's the next thing. Or I'm just getting distracted. I'd rather be on Facebook or I'd rather be scrolling some form of social media. So what do you tell someone who says, I want to say that I've had a devotional life, but, you know, I really don't, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't look forward to doing a daily devotion. What would you say to someone like that? Um, Well, basically, uh, I would just tell them that you know, you need to think about what matters to you and then prioritize those things. Um, you know, for uh, over just over uh, a year ago, I was really struggling with my devotional walk. Like, it wasn't bad, but I just wasn't getting a lot out of it. And so I wasn't excited about doing it. And because of that in pastoral ministry, you know, if you're feeding everybody all the time, but you're not getting fed, it's going gonna, it's gonna to burn you out quick. And I was struggling hard. Um, and so I actually took a break from ministry for a while. It's called a sabbatical. It's like a, a it's like a Sabbath from your work. And uh, I took a break and I focused on my relationship with God. That was the whole focus of the time. And so I spent time every day trying to say, what can I do to get closer to God? Um, and that really helped me. Um, but it's kind of like developing any habit. You have to do it over and over again. And you have to develop things that make that habit stick. Uh, I remember a professor when I was in seminary getting my master's degree saying that he has a spot in his house that he only does devotions in. And the reason he does that is because then when he sits there, because his mind is used to doing that, it programs him that when he sits there, it's time for time with God and his brain goes there. But if you sit in that spot, if he was to sit in that spot and and pick up his phone and mess with his phone, and then do devotions, when he'd sit in that spot, where would his mind go? It would probably go to his phone, not to uh, his devotion. So what I've done is in my house, I have taken and set aside a chair. I went, I literally, I went to Ikea, and I bought a new chair, and I set aside that chair for devotions and working on sermons, and that's literally all I do in that chair. I don't do other things in that chair because I don't want that chair to become a place where my mind is distracted. And so over time, me diligently sitting in that chair has actually made that chair a place where when I sit there, my mind goes to God and not to other things. And that's been really beneficial to me. Um, but also, you know, just you got to start small. You can't expect to just sit down and spend three hours in the Bible. And, you, you know, you hear about these great spiritual people who would they would get up at two in the morning and they would pray well most people if you get up at two in the morning and you pray and you haven't done that before you're just going to fall back asleep like or you're going to get discouraged because you're bored out of your mind or whatever because you're not used to that so you have to start small and work up to it so I, I would say just like any other habit or doing anything if you're a runner no most people don't like running at first in fact you know I'm a triathlete and I hate running still but I do it 
one reason because I know it's good for me. And there's the odd time I'll be out running and it just feels good. And I'll go, man, that was a good run. I'm really glad I did that. Other times, yes, it's painful and it's hard, but you just keep going back to it and doing it. And some people, they say after a little bit of time, they, they love running so much. It's all they want to do. Um, that's not me. Um, but some people do that. But the reality is, is that when you're building a habit, you may not always want to do those things at first. But if you keep on doing them over and over again for a, a longer period of time, you know, 30 days, 45 days, whatever they say it takes to build a habit, then it will become something that you want to do or that you're programmed almost to do. And over time, you'll start to realize that um, your devotional life is getting better. You're, instead of spending five minutes reading the Bible without getting distracted, you're spending 30 or Instead of spending two minutes in prayer and going, man, have I prayed for 25 minutes already? And then looking at the clock and going, wow, it's only been two or five minutes. You know, instead of that, you'll be like, man, I don't want to stop. And you'll look down and you'll be like, it's already been 45 minutes. And that's kind of really how it goes. And, you know, it, it just like falling in love with someone, really honestly falling in love with someone, not getting excited or getting butterflies in your stomach, but really falling in love with someone takes time. Um, you know, I've been married now for almost 11 years. And I'll tell you what, I thought I was in love with my wife shortly after we started dating. I think I told her I loved her maybe three, four months into dating. And the reality is, is I love her an infinite amount more now than I did then. And that's taken time. Um, you know, we're not perfect. We have our issues. But the more that I get to know her, the more I love her and the more I want to be around her. Uh, we were at a, at a, at a concert or not a concert, sorry, uh, uh, we're at a, I was at a Christian convention and um, I'm looking out and there's thousands of people there and I took a picture and I sent it to my wife and I said, I'm here with all these people but I'm lonely without you. And this is not because I'm a hopeless romantic but just with the time together we've become one. We've, we've been attached. So, so, many, so many things I want to uh, comment on here. Uh, the first thing I'll, the first thing I guess I'll come to is you bring up exercise a little bit. You're talking about, uh, comparing it to running and I've had kind of that same, uh, that same experience. You know, when you're exercising, it's really difficult to get into the habit of exercising at the beginning. Uh, but as you mentioned, as you get into it, it becomes easier and even something that you're kind of enjoying and, and looking forward to. Uh, but when it comes to run, you're going to have moments where you're going to have uh, feeling, you know, have mornings where you wake up and you're like, I really don't feel like waking up and you kind of weigh your, weigh your options as to uh, whether or not you want to actually uh, pursue that t or give that time over to your uh, devotional life. You know, my feeling is, is that I always feel better after I've run. Uh, rather than uh, rather than like during, as you're saying, because it can be just miserable yeah. going out there. And I've had that's what's so unique about daily devotions. If you compare it to exercising, is that the time that we're spending with the Lord, I think, is something that you can be refreshed all the way through. But you're but when you've had that time, I really think that it has impacted the rest of my day. You know, I feel more alive. I'm more awake. And awake just for just for instance you know when you exercise you feel you have more energy throughout the day uh, I've noticed that in my own devotional life whenever I have really given that time to the Lord I am <clears throat> more task oriented afterwards and able to to accomplish the things uh, that I want to um, Ryan I want to uh, change gears for just a second 
And that is, can you describe to me a little bit about your own devotional life? Tell me what's worked for you in developing habits of a devotional life. Uh, well, you know, there are there are different things that work better for different people, but I'll, I'll just kind of explain what's worked for me and what I think has been crucial in my devotional walk. Um, you know, th- in thinking about the Bible and the characters in the Bible that had a close walk with God, I always thought, you know, what did these guys do? And one of the things that stood out to me was that they didn't have a Bible they could just carry around. They didn't open their phone and have the version Bible app there. You know, they didn't have those things in their access. They couldn't just stroll over to the temple and whip out a scroll and just be like, okay, I'm going to just read this right now. They couldn't do that. Um, and so I said, well, what did these guys do? And so what came to me was, you know, Daniel prayed regularly. And all these spiritual giants, they talked with God. So what I thought was maybe instead of spending so much time reading the Bible, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't read the Bible. I try to read the Bible um, as much as possible. But what I thought was maybe I need to spend more time praying. And, you know, I I do find that a lot of us don't know how to pray. Um, I could say that most of my life I didn't know how to pray. And I still do the prayers that are probably unnecessary or not necessarily unnecessary, but just repetitive. Like when I when I have a meal, you know, I pray exactly the same prayer every time since I was like seven years old. I don't know. Um, I get in the car, I say the same prayer. Um, but what I did was I started to research what does healthy prayer look like? What did Jesus teach the disciples about prayer? And so I try to find ways that do that. But one of the things in my prayer life that's super key for me, because I'm I'm a distracted mind. I'm always thinking about the next thing. I'm always trying to think in the future. I'm always, um, my brain is just going. And so what I had to do is I had to find a way to settle my mind. And someone one time told me, they said, well, why don't you prayer journal? Why don't you try writing down your prayers? And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm not a journaler. I always kind of looked at that as journaling is a girl's thing. That's just what my mind said. I don't have a diary, you know, dear diary. And I, so I didn't know how to, how to write to God. And so one day I just went out and I bought a really nice um, journal, a really nice book with with uh, line sheets in it because I wanted to have something that was special for my time with God. I didn't want to just pick up a lined piece of paper. Now you could do that. You could go on your computer or whatever. I don't use my computer. I don't use my phone. I don't use my iPad because there's notifications on those things. And next thing you know, I'm going to be surfing Instagram or checking Facebook or my email or whatever. So what I do is I put my phone on Do Not Disturb, I, I open up my, my prayer journal, and I start writing. And the one thing is, is when your hand is, is doing that motion, for some reason it keeps my mind way more in focus than anything else I could do. And sometimes, like I didn't start out like this, sometimes I would start out writing uh, in a little bitty little um, maybe five inch journal, writing a page or a half a page and it was hard at first but it it kept my focus and now sometimes I have a much bigger journal than I used to because I need more room not saying I'm holier or better or anything like that but some days some days I will struggle to write a a page in there but other days I'll write four or five six pages um, because I get so into connecting with God Another thing that's been extremely important in doing that is the process in which I pray. Uh, I read a little book by Mark Finley called um, 
revive us again. And in that book, he describes a pattern called ACTS. Um, and each letter, is it's an acronym. It's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Um, and I always start off my prayer. Not always do I go through that method, but I always start off my prayer with adoration, which means you're praising God. I always do that. And it's amazing because I've, I, most of the time I actually spend adoring God. I, I, I read a lot of the Psalms before I, I journal and it gets me in a momentum for praising God and I'll just praise and praise and praise. And I'll think about all the wonderful things that God has blessed me with and done for me. And by the end, I spend the most, the most insignificant amount of time actually talking about me. And I end up talking more about God when you'll find a lot of times our prayers are always about us. Um, but when you're praying and you're connecting with God and you're praising God, I walk away and almost every day when I'm done my devotions, I'm on fire for Jesus. And that's what we need to keep us going. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, say too, you know, uh, this adoration, um, exactly what you mentioned going through the Psalms, you know, I found that when I'm, uh, trying to praise God at the beginning of my prayer, I've found myself just kind of rolling through a checklist. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my health, all these things. And then I started going through the Psalms and I'm saying, I want to read this and I want to read this to the Lord as a, as a praise of adoration for his goodness to me. And I found myself being uplifted as I've been, uh, as I've been using the Psalms as a catalyst to be able to uh, enhance my prayer life. So I can definitely uh, relate to that. Another thing I would add, uh, add also as we're wrapping up is that um, I think taking time, especially in prayer and in uh, reading scripture or devotional, but whatever you're using, um, for me, when I, I have to take a moment to be able to also kind of just be still, be silent. Uh, we talk about uh, talk about sharing with the Lord in our devotional life. I think oftentimes we're forgetting to listen to Him as well. Uh, you know, we find answers in the Bible. We find answers uh, in in prayer, and I think that's the way to find it in prayer is to be able to say, listen, and uh, let the Lord speak into your life. Um, so, uh, Ryan, we're we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, just as a final thought, what would be your advice to someone who is is kind of struggling, saying, "I want a devotional life. I don't know what I don't know what to do to start." Sometimes, like as a as a pastor, you know, I'm writing sermons, and one of the biggest things that keeps me from writing my sermons is the fear of actually putting pen to paper or typing. That blank sheet of paper is the scariest thing. So, but um, once I start, it stuff comes out. And so what I would say is just do it. Just do it. If you're afraid to do it or you're not sure how to do it, just start doing it. Um, another thing is I would say read the verse in Psalm 70, verse 4. Psalm 70, verse 4. Read that verse. And if you can, read it out of the Message Bible. I know some people don't like that translation. Uh, the reality is is that translation, at least that that verse. I love the way they say that verse. It actually says, it says, hunt those who hunt for God um, will be be blessed is basically what it says. Those who hunt and search for me will be blessed. Um, search for God. Just ask him. Uh, one of the things that I pled with him was, Lord, I want to know you more. For years, that was my prayer. And the more I prayed it, the more I searched for God, the more I found him. And you know, a lot of times our lives go through these ups and downs, ups and downs. And devotionally, we go up and down and up and down and up and down. And we get so frustrated with it, so sick of it. But the closer I get to God, the more consistent I am with my devotional life. And I think consistency is a key. Um, the less ups and downs I have, the more balance I have. 
And so I want to just encourage, just do it. Just go pick up your Bible, start reading, um, pray through what you're reading if you have to, but do something. Uh, if you want to want to do more, um, you can always find me on the Sharon Seventh Day Adventist Church website, or um, Ross can maybe put my email address in the show notes or something. You can contact me, and I can give you more information. But this is a passion of mine because it's revolution revolutionized my life, and I wouldn't have it any other way than to have a strong devotional life. Thank you, Ryan. This has been powerful. Um, Thank you also to the listeners for listening to the Walking Free podcast. I look forward to to, uh, engaging you next time. Thank you. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.